0: Oma Janatramanandasya Janajana Salakaya Chakshon Milita Nyena Tismay Shri Guru Venamaha. Vanchakapadubhya Sya Kripasindabeva Chah Patitha Nam Bhavadevyo Vaishnavijanamonamah Good evening. Good evening, We are wrapping up our discussion of Sri Upadesha Amrita by Srila Rupa Goswami which we find out from the commentary of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami that actually these verses were spoken by Sri Chaitanya himself and I wanted to uh, share that with you as I explained we are Basing these classes on all the copies in English of Upadesh Amrita that are available to us. So, one, one specific edition that uh, was recommended by Guru Maharaj was the edition that contains three commentaries. As you know, we also started out with uh, a, uh, a book based on series of ex- essays by Shila Bhaktivinoda Thakur that he published in his magazine that was later compiled into a book Bhaktialoka and then again he has this commentary on Upadesha Mrita that's in this book which has three commentaries one by uh, Radhamahan uh, Goswami which also Bhakti Siddhanta personally mentions in his commentary as being significant for the Vaishnava Sampradaya, and he also mentions there that he was specifically instructed by Bhakti Vinod Thakur to write an additional commentary. Bhakti Vinod had already written a commentary, but then he instructed Bhakti Siddhanta "You also write a commentary." and uh, bhakti Vinod departed before bhakti, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta bhakti siddhanta completed his commentary and he mentions that in his commentary that bhakti Vinod had left so which one said that lord chaitanya spoke these verses F1. it's in well it's it's specifically brought out in bhakti siddhanta's commentary so let us find that and share it with you how intimate is this, this knowledge? Well, it happened that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in, was in trance. And uh, Bhakti uh, commentary is called the uh, anuvritti And he writes as follows in his commentary to the very last verse. This is Bhakti Sri Govinda Das was Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dear servant always accompanying Mahaprabhu as if he were his shadow. He served Mahaprabhu with great love. Simultaneously, he would also record in his own words descriptions of Sriman Mahaprabhu's especially significant pastimes. The collection of verses he wrote became famous by the name Govinda Kadacha. Having heard these verses directly from Sri Raghunath Das Goswami, Sri Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami explained them in his own words in his Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Through the medium of those verses, light was shed upon Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental character. The following is a narration from the time when Sriman Mahaprabhu was residing in Jagannath Puri. Mahaprabhu had already fulfilled the objectives for his dissension upon this earth. Now he desired to wind up his pastimes. One day he took his intimate devotees and went to the shore of the ocean. His intimate devotees, seeing the blue ocean, remembrance of Shimasundara immediately arose within him. Becoming overwhelmed in devotional ecstasy, Bhav, he was oblivious to all else. With great difficulty, his devotees gradually brought him back to external consciousness. At that time, Sri Gorosunder slowly began instructing those devotees. In that assembly, Mahaprabhu's very dear disciple, Sri Rupagoswami, was also present. Rupagoswami wrote those instructions down in verse form, and these verses became famous as Sri Upadesha Amrita. Wow. Nectarian Instructions For spiritual practitioners, this Upadesh Amrita is like their very lives, and a necklace to be worn at all times. So how significant is that? And how significant it is, we come to the end of this 11 verses, the last three verses giving us direction as to how we need to conduct ourselves when all else has fallen away as far as material involvement if we try to follow these final instructions of Upadesha Amrita of residing in the kund understanding the significance of entering in meditation into, into the Lord's most intimate uh, exchanges this osticalia every day these eightfold pastimes if we do that before we're fully mature in our practice then it will not serve our, us very well, we're not going to attain the desired goal So I thought this evening we'd look at these verses, understand what their significance is as deeply as we can comprehend it from our current station, devotional practice, wherever that may be. But we look at these in the mood of, in a mood that's been given us by our acharyas. And this mood has repeatedly come out from Śrīla Bhakti Siddhānta Saraswati Goswami. He has said, Puja Lurāgapanta Gauravavangya. It's inscribed in the side of the temple wall. This is our goal. This is our aspiration. But we approach this with the utmost awe and reverence. And only by taking that approach can we hope to have any success? The selfless service that is prerequisite to entering into this most intimate of, of transcendental uh, emotion. We just want to serve those that are there. That's our aspiration. And if we carry that aspiration, we will be able to enter into that service. So, we don't rush to Radhakund. We mature. We follow the Acharya's instructions. We go through the stages of advancing devotional practice. Now, let's look back. Where did this book start? What was the very first verse? What was the standard given in the first verse for one who can give instruction? Well, you can't give what you don't have. So, if we're talking about giving to humanity at large a methodology that will allow them to attain this highest level of spiritual service, we start at the beginning of what Standard is required. What is the standard? What's the first verse? Was that the one that says controlling the mind, body, and, uh, yes. and language? Yes. Vacho vegam, manasa, proto vegam. Vacho. Controls the tongue. The only thing that vibrates from that tongue is Krishna. Only thing. It's not a tongue of prajalpa, it's a tongue of Krishna katha continually chanting, reading absorbing sharing enlightening enlightening can accept disciples all over the world vacha vegam, mm-hmm. manasakrono vegam jiva vegam Udaropasto vegam etan vegam yovisa hei sarvam apimam vimsa sishat sishas all over the world can come to him and he can instruct them control them tongue the mind's demands, the actions of anger what to speak of material attachment, gone. tongue, bedding, genital those things that drag the soul that's in touch with Krishna's external energy that drag him through repeated birth and death, that person that is no longer drug around, that is that's a qualification. What is the qualification? He's, he is qualified enough to sit in bhajan at this place, at this of the highest servants. So let's look at these ending verses. And I'm just going to read them so that we can see exactly what Shaitanya Mahaprabhu was dictating in of his, when he was brought out of his ecstasy what he was instructing his disciples as to what is the highest ideal? What does it constitute? It constitutes a mentality. And what is that mentality? There are wonderful, great, tremendous devotees of the Lord everywhere at all levels of spiritual service. But what's that what, what is that level of service that drives Krishna mad? Where he says, I can never repay you. Napare, there is no possibility. What is that service? Let's look at the verses and read the translations here, which are unique. I not mark these? So is this Bhakti Siddhanta's that you're reading? Well, we're going to read the English translations from the uh, from the edition that has uh, the commentaries of uh Radha Ramad, uh, Goswami, uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, and uh Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Basically what you have now as far as Upadesh Amrita is you have uh, most recently would be the addition of uh oh i don't i don't know if that's correct i don't know who did their addition first uh Srila uh, Prabhupada bhaktivedanta swami or bhakti rakshaka srita goswami Goswami. i don't know which was written first of their two but you have those two commentaries so though but bo- they both did a commentary on upadesha uh Bhakti Raksaka Dave Goswami calls his Sri Upadesha and Bhakti Vedanta Swami calls a nectar of instruction Sri Upadesha uh, Then you have this commentary uh, which has three in English. I'm only speaking of what I know of available in English. I believe uh, uh, Narayan Maharaj also, no, Narayan Maharaj published this one. He first published it, the one with all three commentaries in in Hindi, and then it was translated into English, if I understand correctly. And then we have Bhakti Loka, which is the essays on just two verses of the eleven, covering the six items that are favorable and the six items that are unfavorable. So Vishwanath Chakravarti didn't do commentary on this? No, not that I'm aware of. So we're kind of familiar with the 8th verse. We covered um, uh, briefly last week um, that once, well, the 7th verse deals with what? The fact that avidya Being diseased with avidya is like being diseased with jaundice. We don't taste the sweetness of Krishna when that disease of material attachment is there. So the seventh verse brings out that analogy in such a way that we can comprehend to enter into this most intimate knowledge of the 8th, 9th, 10th and 11th verses which we're going to kind of put together this evening and discuss uh, to some extent maybe we'll finish up uh, but we'll, I want to thoroughly get some points across here so we'll see how it goes so in the 7th verse we're, we talk about the jaundice condition. And if we look at the different commentaries that we have to to draw from, what really stood out to me was that of Bhakti Raksha Sridhar Dev Goswami. In commenting on the seventh verse, talking about the taste for the holy name and how in the beginning it doesn't taste sweet, he goes to extremes to give the reader entrance into what is it like in the sadika's life when the taste comes now we've heard you know well you wish you had a hundred million years and you, you wish you had a million tongues that you, could, you cannot stop vibrating the holy name once the taste comes and he just in his very sweet way and very comforting way when I speak of Bhakti Rakshtadev Goswami's writing, it's it's comforting. He makes us feel comfortable, so comfortable. It's it's attainable. That's one thing I I personally my appreciation I have for his writing is it's it makes me feel so comfortable. I think. I can actually do this. This is possible. He makes it so simple. It's, well, I'm simple. He's making it simple for me. I can. I can. I feel. I feel like he really cares that for someone who's the most fallen. Here, this is this you can do. Not that the other Acharyas is dope, but it's a personal, a personal sense I get when I take advantage of his, his uh, commentaries. And uh, all the books they've made from his various conversations with his disciples all give me this sense of home comfort, which is the name of one of his books. <laughs> Interestingly enough, what he does in his commentary on that seventh verse of upadesha amrita is he just really brings home this is what it's like to get a taste for the holy name this is you cannot give it up it's it overwhelms you it there's nothing we've you've ever experienced we've ever experienced anyone's ever experienced that even begins to give you an inkling of what this kind of absorption in chanting Hare Krishna is like and you walk away from that commentary with the sense that how am I going to be one would be a fool to want to to jump over that to think that you can enter into anything until that's come into you is a fool's game don't Think about these other verses until you are experiencing that kind of chanting. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to go to Vrindavan and enter into Bhajan and meditate on the residence of Raj until you are chanting at that level. When that level of chanting is coming from your tongue into your ear and penetrating your heart that you can't stop for a moment that you're fully enlivened spiritually until that chanting is your chanting don't think that you're going to go where the rest of this book is wanting to take you because you are still diseased with that commentary I just felt he is kicking out all the Sahajia mentality. Well, that's kind of why he has that special name, Rakshak. Shudhar. The protector of that inner circle that's so significant that you're not <laughs> going to get past him. You're not going to get past that kind of entrance that you're not going to get that he's not going to allow you there Mm -hmm. is what i felt don't you stop right here don't think about the you can you need to know the sedanta of what you're going to learn at the end of this book no that's important and that's the nature of of the class i want to give here this evening and the next couple evenings, if required, finishing up this Upadesha Amrita discussion. Yes, we can read about it. Yes, we need to know about it. Yes, we need to know what our absolute aspiration is. But no, we're not going to go there. Shurdev Goswami is not going to allow us entrance there. He is standing at the door and seeing if we are properly wagging our tongue around the Holy Name. And until he sees that kind of chanting in us, he stands as a guard. And we are are stopped right there. So let's look at these verses. Verse 8. While living in Vraj is a follower of one of the eternal associates of Vraj who possesses inherent spontaneous love for Krishna because he's a resident, they're a resident one should utilize all his time by sequentially engaging the tongue and the mind in meticulous chanting and remembrance of Krishna's name, form, qualities and pastimes this is the essence of all instruction. This is the platform of Raganuga Bhakti. This Raganuga Bhakti is coming once the taste is there. Now, as we know in the, the sadhika the can be in, in in either the the Vaiti or the Raganuga. If we are following a raganuga, if we've been invited into the sampradaya through the through the mercy of a raganuga, then even though there may not be any raganuga yet, our service is referred to as ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti. We don't have the taste yet, it hasn't come into us. But still we are practicing Raganuga because the Raganuga Bhakti is, is holding our hand. And in holding our hand, he's saying, you follow these injunctions of Vaiti Bhakti until this comes into you, this Raganuga. So there's that stage. We follow through these initial stages, the Sadhana Bhakti beginning with faith sadhu sangha bhajana Kriya theartha navriti nista Ruchi asakti bhava praying well once we come to bhava the spontaneity will replace the the Vidi the the regulative part will will recede to the background when we say recede it doesn't hold any significance at, at all for the Sodaka at that point. That doesn't mean he neglects it in any way, shape, or form. It just holds no significance. All the vaiti, the rituals—that's just worship this and brush that and clean this and bow like this and put this on your—you know—it's just at the stage of Raganuga. It's where's Krishna now? It's fully full immersion in in that uh, in that spun spontaneous spontaneity of uh, advancing the magnet is is, we fully the magnet is fully on and it's dragging us 8th verse live in Raj follow the resident of Raj who has the same mood while you are chanting and absorbing your mind in the name form qualities and pastimes of the lord so that's verse eight we come to nine and now we get a little more condensed this is a very specific sampradaya that we are practicing in so our acharyas become very specific in their directions so now we have the Raganuga residing in Vraj, fully absorbed in the name, form, qualities, and pastimes. So Sri Caitanya goes on, and Rupa Goswami has relayed to us this verse. Due to Sri Krishna's having taken birth there, the abode of Mathura is superior even to Vaikuntha, the realm of spiritual opulence. Superior to Mathura is the forest of Rindavan, because there, the festival of the Raza dance took place. Superior to Vandavan forest is Govardhan hill because Sri Krishna raised it with his lotus hand and performed many pastimes there with his devotees. Yet superior even to Govardhan hill is Sri radhakund because it immerses one in the nectar of Sri Krishna's divine love what intelligent person would not desire to render service to this magnificent pond which is resplendently situated at the base of Goverdon Hill so now we're qualifying the location in the whole in, in Vrindavan where is the best place to reside, there are many places to reside there um, but there's one that Krishna really likes now so this verse in conjunction with the next verse gives us an indication of a consolidation of sweetness in the location of the Lord's pastime this is about location and in the next verse we talk about the devotees themselves so the different locations have different levels of appeal in loving sentiment levels of of sweetness, levels of loving exchange so the place now the persons one who is selflessly one who selflessly performs various virtuous acts in accordance with the path of karma yoga is superior to those who merely seek to fulfill their selfish desires. All right, good. This karma yoga, we heard that was good way back. Bhagavad Gita. Here we are talking about the highest place for the Raganuga Bhakti, but we're consolidating this knowledge let's really see it in a proper perspective the verse goes on the Gyanis, who by dint of their spiritual knowledge are transcendental to the three modes of material nature are more dear to Sri Krishna makes sense than those pious followers of the karma path who are forever occupied perform in performing virtuous deeds more dear to Sri Krishna than the Brahma are his devotees like Sonica, who have abandoned the pursuit of knowledge and who consider bhakti alone to be the best path ok, so we're talking about the karmis, then we're talking about the, the karma yogis, then we're talking about the Gyanis, then we're talking about those that have gone beyond Gyan, like Sonica. In doing so, they have followed the statement in Srimad Bhagavatam, jane pravasam udapasya, one should abandon the endeavor for knowledge. That was Lord Brahma's statement. Pure devotees like Narda, who are resolutely fixed in praying for Krishna, are even more dear to him than all such devotees all such devotees who've given up Gyan and taken to Krishna, well, then there's those that are in praying. They're, they're beyond just reverential appreciation. When we talk about Narada and others, they have preme. The Vraj-gopis whose very lives belong solely to Krishna are even more beloved to him than all such loving pray devotees. Amongst all those beloved gopis, Srimati Radharani is more dear to Sri Krishna than his own life. In precisely the same way, he dearly loves her pond, Sri Radhakund. Therefore, what highly fortunate, spiritually unintelligent person would not reside on the banks of Sri Radhakund in a state of transcendental consciousness, performing bhajan of Sri Krishna's eightfold daily pastimes if you want to be the best of the best then you go and hang out with the best better than serving the best is serving that place where no others who have any vested interest are allowed Chandravali's camp is not entering there no one else is entering there You reside there, you can be in that camp. There is no better camp than that encampment. So if you are going to enter into Bhajan, if you are going to fix your mind in such a way that you can attain your aspiration, then there is no better place in Vrindavan, and we've talked about the places in Vrindavan, and Mathura and Goverdon Hill. And now we come to Radha Kud. And now we talk about the different grades of devotees. Then at the end of this tenth verse, we put the two together. Here we have Radha as the topmost devotee. Now you want to you want to fix your mind in such a way that there is no possibility except in entering that level, then you reside where only her associates are allowed to reside. And you fix your mind there. And the Upadesha Amrita ends with this verse. After thorough deliberation on the matter, the sages have unanimously declared they all had a vote (laughs) and there was not a one of them that had a descending vote in the Padma Purana is where this vote says in parentheses in the Padma Purana that just as among all the gopis Srimati Radharani is the foremost object of Sri Krishna's great love in precisely the same way, this pond of hers is also the topmost object of his love. Upon one who simply bathes in its waters just once with great devotion, Sri, Wada, Sri Radhakund bestows that rare treasure of Gopi Prem, which is so immensely difficult to attain even for such dear devotees of Bhagavan as. Narda what to speak of ordinary Sodicus. so a benediction if you can get through the gate if you can get through the gate if you can give up if you can follow all the direct there's been directives here we've had some very good direction here in this little book Very simple. Vachovegam. Find a guru who's qualified. These are the qualifications. Then what? Don't do these things and do those things. And at the top of the list, the one thing that's in both lists of do's and don'ts, don't hang out with the wrong people. Be with the right people. This book is a lot about Placing ourselves in the proper environment to advance spiritually. Then, once you're with the right people, then learn how to love them. Dadati prati greenati guya makyati prichati. Hear from them. Instruct them when you have something. There's a standard here. It's all about Krishna-katha. Let's learn how to observe an etiquette where that's all that comes from our mouth. Later that's going to be necessary. Only Krishna can vibrate on the tongues of those that want to get past the gatekeeper and enter into this intimate location known as Vrindavan. And it's a most intimate pond there known as Radhakund. so learn how to love the devotees and learn how to see them Rupa Goswami goes on, how to see them how do you see them you don't see them as a material body you discriminate first of all according to their qualification they're all devotees some are not ripe yet well, those are not going to be very helpful to you. Put yourself in a situation where the, where you're taking shelter of those that are in the highest standard, following the highest. They're already situated in the consciousness that's going to draw. So you discriminate. You offer mentally respect to anybody that's taken the holy name you offer obeisances to those that have taken up sincerely the practice and you give your heart, soul, and everything in your existence to those pure devotees who are situated in their eternal relationship with Radha and Krishna. And, the, and then we go on from there. What? Then we see the devotees properly. We see the devotees not with material vision at all. We never see the material body, we don't see the defects, we understand they're spiritually situated. So we learn how to love them, we learn how to discriminate, how to associate with them. We love them, we discriminate so that we associate in a way that we're nourished spiritually and then we, we, we take great care not to look at them with, through material eyes. We look at them through the eyes of Shastra, understanding their exalted position, no matter their age, no matter their their background, no matter, we see according to Shastra, the devotees. And then we come to this position of the jaundice understanding progressive devotional life and as I said all the commentaries there is where they go back to Rupa Goswami's progressive stages Adau Shraddha this is a step by step process where you will advance from one stage to the other uh, it's interesting to note that this one verse from Bhakti Rasa Rita Sindhu is in most of the commentators' commentaries on these ending verses. Savasadika Rupena, Siddha Rupena Chatrahi, Tadbhava Lipsunakarya, Vraja Loka Nusarata. Asadika, who has greed, Loba. For raganuga Bhakti should serve Sri Krishna both in the sadaka Rupa and the Siddha Rupa in accordance with the bhava of the eternal devotee residing in Vraj, Vraja Parikaras, who possesses the same mood for which he aspires. The sadaka Rupa refers to the physical body in which one is presently situated, and the Siddha Rupa refers to the internally contemplated spiritual form that is suitable to serve Krishna according to one's cherished desire. Now one thing can come up in this regard that we need to uh, touch upon. The process of course is we want to develop a loving mood for the divine couple which follows the mood of one that's already in love with them. So this verse is saying we're externally we're practicing in our sadhika, a practitioner's body and internally in our siddha, our perfected form we're medita- practicing in meditation, engaged in meditation absorbed in meditation on the divine couple and serving them in Vraj seems like such a it's a first of all a tall order it's not to be done without some qualification if you can't meditate yet if you're not if you're not able to go into your heart and and even see the divine couple what to speak of seeing parma i mean we're talking about true internal vision This is not going to come until the heart is cleansed and we can enter into it. It's hard to get in there when it's made of iron. (laughs) It's got to become a little soft. So don't expect that we're going to be able to enter into this kind of deep service where we're seeing a distinction between our sadika deha and our siddha deha and we're able to distinguish the two and we're able to do two services at once but that's what the devotees the advanced devotees are doing they are, that's where they are as we talked about when the tongue cannot give up Krishna's vibration then this is where, the, this is where, the, where you will go you will go into your Siddharupa your spiritual form and you'll be able to meditate on these things and you will get good guidance as to how to do that again we come back to this is not taken cheaply but it is something that is taken we need to get there we don't just sit back It's not. It, it, we strive we aspire for the intent of our practice is for this but we do it We don't do it on imagination. I hear this in dialogue. Well, there's higher levels. You just imagine what you are. No. If you don't know what you are, who you are, where you are, what you should be, what you will be, or what you even want to be, then just want to serve your guru and make him happy. He's in the right place. He's already there. You may be here, but in serving him here, you are serving him there. You just don't know it, but it will come. He is there, and your service here is significant enough to him, or at least he's making it significant enough that He is, his service is being enhanced there by your service to him here. Any questions? I've spoken enough for this evening. My time is up. I thank you for your association. You. Hare Krishna. It's inspiring. <coughs>